0: Welcome to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber of the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is committed to preaching the Word of God and invites you to join them for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night service at 6.30. Now, here's Pastor Phil Barber with today's message. Here's our theme for Daniel 6. No matter the circumstances, God is in control, so we should be faithful. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had a window windows in the upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. I think all of us would agree that we need a better prayer life and that we need to know how to pray when we're in trouble and we have a need. Sometimes we pray a prayer like this Man, one man did. His prayer was, quote, Dear God, I think you'd be proud of me. So far today, I've done pretty good. I haven't gossiped, or grumpy, nasty, mean, selfish, or, in, or overindulgent. And I'm thankful for that. In a few minutes, though, I'm going to get out of bed. From then on, I probably going to need a lot of your help, unquote. <laughs> Amen. I have a lot of victory till I start the day. Amen. A.W. Tozer said this about prayer. I've talked to God more than I've talked to anybody else. I have reasoned more with God and had longer conferences with God than anybody else. When I read that statement, I was convicted. Is it true of you? Is it true of me? Would you say the person that you've communicated most with is God or not? We know Daniel's life was a life of purity, that he was dedicated, that he was distinguished, that he was without fault. But his private life was a life that was characterized by prayer. Prayer. This prayer life that he had was one of praise and one of gratitude because you see that he prayed and he gave thanks. In Daniel 9, which we will not look at, you'll see his prayer was one of repentance and confession. Daniel had absolute dependence on God in Babylon. Remember that he's about 84 years of age. He has spent 70 years in Babylon. There are three points that I want to share with you this morning. main points is Daniel prayed with a consistent faith. Number two, he prayed with a consistent focus. And number three, he prayed with a consistent function. Best word I could come up with, F, because a consistent purpose probably would have worked better. But consistent function, consistent faith, consist, consistent focus, and a consistent function. He had a built-in routine in his life. And the built-in routine was he was a man of prayer. Daniel started, as we learn in chapter 1, as being separated and dedicated to God. Because when he was presented the royal diet to eat, Daniel and his three friends refused to eat that food. From that moment... Every time Daniel would sit down at a meal, he would be reminded of the decision he made as a boy. Hopefully there are altars, we call them altars. Hopefully there are points, there are places in your life that are set aside that remind you of your commitment to the things of God. Daniel was committed to God in his faithful life that little act of eating was Daniel being semi-detached from Babylon remember I said we're not of the world though we're in the world we all have to live and work in this world but there should also be a semi-detachment What I want to ask you is, are you faithful in your private life like Daniel was? Are you a person of prayer? I hate to say this, but really your public behavior gives a hint to what you do in your practice. People may not not realize this, but as as your pastor, I can almost guess what your private life is by your public life. But not only can I, your brother and sister in Christ who sit with you in church, who come to church with you, they can... Kind of guess what your private life is like by your public service to God. Your family knows who lives with you in your house by the time you spend before the TV or before the Bible. Your neighbor knows by your church attendance. And of course, the most important is God knows. God knows because he sees what we do. We at the church here, we don't know. I don't know who, what your giving really is. Once in a while I'm having to uh, find out, but I never look at the books. I never ask the girls. But there are at least three ladies in the church who knows what your giving really, really is because we keep track of it, keep a record of it. But God does. So what is your private life really like? What I'm going to share with you has been shared before Jesus Christ came into the world because it's found in the scripture. You can find sermon after sermon using these four points or similar points. But I want to share four things about Daniel under he had a consistent place, consistent faith. First of all, and forgive me, I had, I don't we're just going to be on Facebook. I had dental work done Thursday, and they burned my lip down here and over here, so bear with me, okay? First of all, they had a specific place. Daniel had a place where he prayed, and he prayed in his room. It helps you, and it helps me to have a place where we can meet with God. The Bible indicates, when we look at the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he sought out special places to pray. For example, Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says... Very, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You need a special place where you can get along with God and meet him every day. Where is your place where you meet with God Every day, But not only did he have a specific place, he had a specific time. He prayed three times a day. Do you see Daniel's schedule of praying? Now, no doubt, Daniel was following Psalm 55 in verse 17, which says, Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. In the Jewish mind, the day began in the evening. And so Daniel began his day with prayer. For us who live in the Western world, our day begins when? In the morning. And so that would be a good time to start praying. You need to have a regular time set aside to meet God in prayer. If you don't think you have time to do it in the morning, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Go to bed earlier. And the reason you go to bed earlier is so you'll be able to get up in the morning and pray. So go to bed earlier, set your clock clock earlier. Get up, wake up, and go and pray. Read a psalm and then say then pray and communicate with God. Some of you are gonna say, I am too busy. I know that. You know what my biggest I'll be honest with you. My devotion life suffered in Ecuador. And the reason it suffered was I was too busy. I was doing things for God, but I wasn't spending time with God. And so when I read this statement, I was convicted. Martin Luther said, I have so much to do today that I cannot possibly get through it with less than three hours of prayer. I'm so busy. Today, that I'm going to need three hours of prayer to help me get through it. Now, I'm not telling you you have to pray three hours. But your busy life would be far better if you were bathed, if you had bathed it in prayer. So go to bed earlier. Wake up. And go pray and be with God. Not only did he have a specific place and a specific time, he had a specific posture. Notice Daniel got down on his knees. I can't imagine. He was in his 80s. Man, I get on my knees here and it hurts. If you notice, and we come around this altar, I usually sit down there. But he got down on his knees. That was his posture. There is one other posture that is found in the scripture and it's standing. So kneel or standing. We lift our eyes to heaven. We raise our hands to heaven. But we either kneel or we stand and we pray. Now kneeling is a good posture because really we only kneel to someone who we surrender to or we submit to. But some people are too proud to kneel to anyone. Well, it's been that way till this recently. Everybody's kneeled down, you know, to BLM. Just a little precursor for the Antichrist. Okay, moving on. In the Garden, gets Gethsemane, Remembered the night before Jesus was crucified, he went and found a place to pray, and he did what? He kneeled down. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter three, verse fourteen. For this reason. I kneel before the Father. I found this little illustration. You know why a bird does not fall off the branch when he is sleeping? Because when he bends his knees on that branch, God has created him in such a way that his little feet, claws clamp down And as long as he is bent, they won't let go. And he gets to have a good night's sleep. For you and me, what I'm saying is this. That if you'll bend your knees, you'll anchor yourself to God. And you won't fall. You'll stand. You'll be victorious. You will win. So remember that. When you see a bird the next time say I'm going to anchor myself to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's a specific place, a specific time and a specific position. Also, there's a specific habit. The most important thing our verse says about Daniel's prayer's life is found in the last six words of verse 10. Just as he had done before, just as he had done previously. This means that Daniel had a regular, consistent habit of praying this wasn't something done in an emergency oh, i'm going to be thrown in a lion's den he was already a man of prayer long before the document signed long before the lion's den was mentioned daniel was a man of prayer let me tell you we've all prayed in an emergency but a lot of us that pray in emergency do not have The habit of praying every day. He regularly prayed every day. Hey, there are plenty, there are good habits and there are plenty of bad habits. And you and I need to get into the good habit of praying every day. I warn you Satan will do everything he can, everything within his power to keep you from praying. Samuel Chadwick wrote, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion, prayerless church services, and prayerless church lives. As long as our service to God is not bathed in prayer, the devil is not afraid of us. But he trembles when we pray. He laughs at us, he mocks us when we don't pray, but he trembles when we pray. And so Daniel has a consistent faith. He has a specific place, he has a specific time, he has a specific position, and he has a specific habit. Now he had a consistent focus. But where does Daniel focus attention and he prayed facing Jerusalem. i struggled with this a little bit because I know we ought to look to heaven. But I'm going to encourage you just to consider facing Jerusalem when you pray. And then I hope to explain that, but just let me say this. The reason I would encourage you to look toward Jerusalem is that by faith, you're looking toward the day when the new Jerusalem will come down from heaven to earth. And by looking toward the new Jerusalem, which is in heaven, but will come to earth, you're saying, I'm looking for the day when God will triumph over all. And we, as his people, the redeemed, will experience our own exodus, our own victory. Over this world, he focuses on Jerusalem, a defeated, lowly pile of rubble. Why does he focus toward Jerusalem? Jerusalem stood for something. This is not casual. This is not magic. I don't want you to think this. This is quite significant for Daniel, and I hope that you catch that it is significant for you. Daniel is soaked in the Old Testament scripture. Hopefully you were soaked in the Old Testament scripture and the New Testament scripture. But when Daniel prays towards Jerusalem, he sees the unseen. He sees the promises of God. He also sees promises of God that are unfulfilled but he understands something that God is a control no matter the circumstances so he will remain faithful Daniel understands that God is going to fulfill his promise and so when you look towards the new Jerusalem you are saying I know that God is going to fulfill every promise every I will be dotted, every T will be crossed, every p- sentence will have a period behind it, and it will be done because God is faithful to His promises. He understood what the Old Testament said. He knows what has been predicted for Jerusalem. Jerusalem, he knows, is the holy city. It is the city of God. It is Mount Zion. Jerusalem is the joy of the whole earth. Jerusalem is the place of pilgrimage. Jerusalem is the center of worship. Jerusalem is the object of prophecy. Jerusalem is the hope of mankind. Jerusalem is the city of the great king. And so Daniel prayed toward Jerusalem because he believed in what Jerusalem represented it. Now remember where Daniel is. He's in the heart of a mighty kingdom, the most powerful kingdom on the face of the earth, the major world power. He is surrounded by might, majesty, and impressive buildings, great armies, great wealth, and great people. But Daniel does not trust these things. Daniel is not impressed with these things. Daniel does not follow these things. Daniel does not listen to the counsel of these things. Daniel does not surrender to these things because he knows that God is in control. And so he will remain faithful. Why does he pray towards Jerusalem? He remembers that in Jerusalem, God... Placed his temple. And within that temple there was a holy of holies. A mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, which represented his throne. Look to the New Jerusalem. Look to the throne of God. We find in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 35 and 36, that the people prayed towards this place as a way of focusing on God. Why do I want you to think about looking towards the new Jerusalem? Because I want you to focus on God. Not Jerusalem, but God. By, testify, by praying or facing Jerusalem, Daniel was testifying that the ruler of the world was not in Persia, but in Jerusalem. The ruler of the world was not in some Persian palace, but he was in Jerusalem. For Daniel, the future of mankind was bound up not, bound up not in a great city Nebuchadnezzar had built, and the Persians had taken over, but the one he had destroyed. Remember, he looked at things that could not be seen. He looked by faith. Jerusalem and Israel may be surrounded by enemies and the world may hate it. But I know, and hopefully you know, that the day will come that when God will restore it and the people and the nations of the world will come and worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords, lords someday. He knows by looking toward Jerusalem that the promises of Jeremiah, for example, will be fulfilled. And the exiled people will return from Babylon to Jerusalem. So Daniel's not just praying for himself. He's praying for the people who will return. He's praying for the nation, the people. Probably not only is he praying for those people, he's praying for the people who live among the ruins that they won't get discouraged, they won't get defeated, that they'll have a hope. Not only was he praying for the Jews in Israel, let me tell you what, he was praying for the church which would be born. Where was the church born? It was born in Jerusalem through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Where did the Holy Spirit come? He came on the church at Jerusalem. So Daniel is looking forward. You and I, when we look towards the heavenly Jerusalem, we're looking forward to the day when the victory and work of God will be consummated once and for all you're not careful, you'll listen to the voice of the world and it'll say, Hey, Daniel, it'd be better and easier if you just forget about that place. This is where the future is. This is where it's at. But that wasn't for Daniel. It was in Jerusalem. Listen, the world is whispering to our young people. It's whispering to you that forget that. Forget that pie guy. sky. Forget that Bible, It's ancient antiqua, a- antique. It's an old message. It isn't relevant. That. You need to get into what's going on today and in the world. You need to listen to what we're saying. You need to listen to our political voices. You need to follow our political views. You need to bow down to us. You need to vote like we need to vote. But Daniel was, he said, forget that. I'm not going to listen to those voices. God has spoken to me through his word. And I'm going to hear what God has to say he wasn't focused on the city of man which babylon represents but he was focused on the city of god he was looking to the city where one day god would send his deliverer his messiah his christ the lord of lords the king of kings daniel was looking forward to the day when the promises of god would begin began to be fulfilled immediately and he, so he prayed with those things in mind Jerusalem for Daniel represented the God of heaven who is the only savior of the world in Jerusalem to Jerusalem the Messiah would be revealed and there is coming a day child of God when that Mount Zion will be elevated among all the mountains of the world and the nations will come to worship the Messiah the Christ, the Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, buried, rose again, ascended into heaven, and exalted by God. And that's what Daniel was thinking that. He believed that? I believe that? Do you believe that? And so I'm going to encourage you in this morning, when you begin praying again, if you want to look towards the physical Jerusalem, that's okay. But look towards the heavenly Jerusalem. Anchor yourself to that. Focus on what God is doing and what God is saying. Because we who are saved by grace should never forget that the gospel started where? In Jerusalem. And the gospel went forth from where? Jerusalem. And so when you look towards Jerusalem, you're looking back to the place where God reached out to save you and to save me. Daniel not only had a consistent faith and a consistent focus, he had a consistent function. Why did Daniel pray? Quickly, he prayed to find God's timetable. He wanted to know what God was doing. He didn't really pray to say, God, save me from the lion's den. You don't find that. He doesn't mention the documents or the wicked man or the lion's den. He just prayed and gave thanks. He wasn't in a hurry. You're not in a hurry if you pray three times a day. If you have a specific time and a specific place and a specific habit and a specific posture of prayer, that's what happens. You're not in a hurry. But if you don't have that, guess what? You treat God like he is the clerk at a fast food window. No, he's not in a hurry. He's in a habit of praying. He has communion with God. He is trying to find out God's timetable. Daniel didn't have what you and I had. He just had the Old Testament scripture. He knew the Messiah was coming, but he didn't know when. He didn't know how. And do you know that God will reveal that to him in Daniel chapter 9? The 70 weeks of years is a revelation of God's timetable. Think about that. But you and I have the New Testament scriptures. He was waiting for the king to come the first time. We are waiting for the king to come the second time. I want to ask you this morning, are you among those who are looking for and hastening his coming? Do you ever think about the coming of the Lord? Do you ever think about the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again to end history, and he's coming in great power and great glory? Now, think about this. Daniel is looking towards a city that is complete rubble. There is no nation. There's no government. There is no uh, Hebrew government. Here's what I'm trying to say. The odds of Jesus coming back the first time looks hopeless when you look at Jerusalem as it was. Some of you are looking at the world and you're wondering, is Jesus coming back? Daniel looked towards Jerusalem because he had faith that God will fulfill his promises about the Christ's first coming. And you and I should look towards the new Jerusalem because we have faith that God is coming back. Jesus is coming back again the second time. Thank you for listening to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber. To find out more about today's message, you may contact the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church at 417-472-3360. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is located on Highway 59 North between Neosho and Diamond, Missouri. Morning worship is at 10 a.m. with a Wednesday night service at 6.30 p.m. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church, where the distance is worth the difference. If you live within the broadcast area of KNEO Radio, we have a podcast just for you. The KNEO Community Connection keeps your finger on the pulse of what's coming up in the four-state area, telling you about upcoming events you don't want to miss, organizations in our communities doing great work, and conversations with the dynamic citizens who are behind it all. There's a lot going on around you that you don't want to miss. This is Luke Taylor. Join me each week as we talk about what's happening with the people who are making it happen. Brought to you by KNO Radio 91.7 FM and the Sky High Podcast Network. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.